thanks for joining me in this podcast with one of the beautiful people <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Today I have Raisa Guiza, who is yes. a very good friend. I meet up with her um, this March uh, yes. 2022. Oh. And yeah, just after a good coincidence, I was actually posting a Facebook marketplace kind yes. of thing. I was trying to sell my bed <laughs> and then Raisa hit me up. I'm like, Do you, can I have the bed? <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful. Yeah, I know. And yeah. unfortunately, I didn't end up getting that. So, <laughs> but here we are. Beautiful coincidences. Yes, eh? yes, yes, definitely. So yeah, um, with this podcast, it's always about uh, learning the stories of my guest, and and uh, to every guest, I ask this question. Yes, go ahead. How how did you end up in Vancouver? Like, what's your job? <laughs> What's your journey? Oh, my journey. Tell me you. <laughs> my journey in Vancouver is um, it's actually a story. It is quite a story. Um, where do I start? Okay, so I thought about moving in Vancouver. I used to live in Toronto. I thought about moving to Vancouver, weird enough, because of the time difference. You know, we're on Pacific time. Ontario is on Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at that time I was obsessed with this one idea of a business and I, I, I didn't think I had time for it. So I was like, if I move in another time zone, it's going to give me three extra hours to actually work on my dream. Sounds weird. So I did. And it was more of um, an adventure. I didn't think I would stay. I was like, okay, I'm going to come see how it's going to be. And then mm-hmm. nothing is chasing me out of Toronto. Mm-hmm. I can always go back. But I ended up loving it. Yeah. And I'm still here a year later. <laughs> when did you move? I moved February 1st, 2021. So it's been a year and a few months. Wow, right in the middle of pandemic. How did that go? Yes. Okay, so yeah. Um, that's why I stayed actually, because in Toronto we had a lockdown, like lockdown yeah. <laughs> for the longest time. I think it was longer f- more than any other province in Canada. So I remember it was... The year of 2020, we didn't have malls open. Any, everything was closed. Yeah, I heard it was the strictest in it Canada. It was very strict. So I came here thinking it's the same thing. The very first day I landed, my roommate took me to a mall. I got emotional. I was like, people still go to a mall. Malls are still open. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, that was um, that, that's one thing I liked about Vancouver. It was pretty COVID. Yes, it was strict, but it wasn't that strict. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, we've had our definitions of strictness, uh, yeah. ups and downs, but uh, yeah, overall, I feel like Vancouver has been pretty relaxed compared yes. to other provinces. Part of the reason is it was it also uh, had the lockdown early on. Oh, did it? Yeah, I remember like there was a s- spring break. So yeah. most of the provinces started their lockdown after the spring break. Yeah. But BC it they just i don't know got the whiff at first or they just implemented it right away before the spring break yes so people wouldn't be able to get out or hang out and the kids were not like intertwined i felt bad for the kids most of the Ah. time i'm like adults can adjust but like kids need to play yeah you know yeah yeah so how did you end up in vancouver i'm curious to know Oh, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I have to dig back my memory, okay, let me trace it eight back to eight, ba- eight years back, yeah, I moved here um, when I was 20 with my parents, mm-hmm. my dad lived in Italy, my sister lived in Italy, and I lived in Nepal with my mom, and 
we ended up coming to Vancouver for obviously like better opportunity, oh, yes. better life mm-hmm. and all that zazz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Since then, like we've been working hard and oh, trying yeah. to, you know, first make ends meet and then make dreams, dreams come, come true. true and... Uh, it's been seven years, seven, eight years, and I, I like Vancouver. Vancouver is home. There's no other place I want to move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have had my own uh, bit of unfair share of yeah. challenges and successes. Hey, so you came straight from Nepal? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. That's a, yeah, I think it's so a very long, uh, long flight. Yeah. Like 12 and plus different. another 12. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so for me, if I'm following that, then the story will be how I moved to Canada. Because mm-hmm. I've been around. I came from Rwanda. I'm Rwandese by nature. Oh. And <laughs> okay. from Rwanda to Ottawa, Canada. Okay. And I stayed in Ottawa for like, what, 10, 11 months? Something close to a year, but not a full year. Got an opportunity in Toronto, moved to Toronto. Stayed there for s- five years. And then moved here. So how old were you when you came here? Um, twenty-three. Yeah, not that long. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, twenty-three, twenty, twenty-four. And you were there, like family here? Yeah, my mom was here. So my mom um, is the one that faced all the challenges of, you know, moving. Oh. You know, so we came after she's established. After she got all the paperwork, you know, oh, okay. that's the hard part of immigration, I believe. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, my mom was here, but we moved. We came with my siblings and my dad. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That that makes completely different experience. Experience. Yeah. How about you? Did you did you start the process from scratch or? Yeah, sort of. I was, I think, sixteen or seventeen when. Um, I was told that I was moving to uh, Canada and mm-hmm. uh, in Nepal what you do is it's like it, it's a very backward country <laughs> it's 200, 200 years back from, from here so you have to do everything in papers mm-hmm. you have to ask and bow down to multiple people who are in power to yeah. just to make sure that your papers are signed and you're good to go even for your password you have to add on a sign like from two officials yes just to get the authorization that i am okay and i don't have any other alternative motives <laughs> whatever even as yeah and the yeah. whole medical check oh my god that was another <laughs> another experience yeah. i tell you i had to do it twice because it expired in like six months and usually the process is six to twelve months for the whole start process to get an approval from government of canada right mm-hmm. And what it what it ended up happening is in the first six months it was okay, but when it actually came to a review period where an, of, an immigration officer looked at our files, it was like, oh, your medical documents are expired, you have to do it again, and I was like, ah, oh, man, this is freaking annoying. I think we did it twice too. I don't <laughs> remember because the whole process took forever. As we've been waiting for ten years. So from the first day we got to know that we can actually move to Canada to the day we came, it was a whole 10 years in between. So that involves 10 years without a mom. Oh man. <laughs> Which was hard eventually. Like okay. Yeah. So yeah, how how has that whole experience that journey become for who you are you today? Know, weird enough, I'm starting to feel the effect of that now. So because we stayed with our dad, 
it it wasn't bad you know like he's 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 good but you know the way fathers raise their daughters are very different from how mothers raise their daughters mm -hmm. so um i grew up in a very christian conservative family <laughs> so uh but my dad is pretty relaxed so you understand tenure so that's my puberty adolescence age that right. age where girls right. is developing guys are hitting on you you're trying to understand things you know you know that rebellious age so in my dad it wasn't bad because he's pretty relaxed and then yeah so when we moved here that's when i realized the absence of my mother because now my mother has a way of raising people because she's super strict she wants things like this and i was already used to a certain other way of living so yeah it was challenging i think it was actually one of the reasons why i moved to toronto because i love my mom so much and i did not want to upset her but i also wanted my freedom <laughs> yeah so when you were raising being raised by your father when you were a teenager like was he pretty relaxed about relationship and going out with friends no no not really but like he didn't know. Okay. <laughs> it's easy. I think it's easy to mm, to deal with that than it is with moms. I don't know. If, I guess it's different from every family. But like my dad, didn't, he doesn't ask a lot of questions. So it's like a do you kind of thing. Just don't tell me. And make sure I don't hear it from the outside world. That kind of thing, you know. Uh, but with my mom, my mom would just look at you and know whatever you're trying to hide. As a teenager, you know how like you hide little things thinking it's a big secrets. thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah so it was um it was it was a good experience contrast to that i was actually raised by a mom but i Woo! ended up with being a dad and that's super it's, yeah it's interesting opposite. <laughs> yeah it's interesting here because our mom's super strict too she's yeah? like nitpicking where are you going Curf what time are you coming coming back, back home curfew <laughs> curfew by seven yeah and like what type of friends you're hanging out with yeah like, do i know them <laughs> yeah and i need to know the parents name too. yes yes i thought that was a thing in Rwanda only they're like a visitor come to visit and they're like um who are your parents <laughs> exactly yeah and can i get the number of parents or can yeah. i meet them <laughs> do i know them where yeah. are you from what region what city mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. those mattered a lot and i because i was already raised and my friends were also it was a very common thing yeah in the community i guess in, in uh, countries like ours and i was just like fine yeah my mom is there anything happens she's gonna be she's she has my back and I, I have know. hers yeah. and we didn't know better we were just raised like that and when I came here it was like exact opposite it was like no caring at all and we would tell okay dad we're going here and it was just like hanging out with these friends and like oh, okay yeah cool cool <laughs> so like, yeah that's this void said, okay. yeah this you have this void of uh, of, of care yeah all of a sudden <laughs> and love and, and you feel like what is this wrong oh this is wrong but is i don't know how me? this is wrong I, I i don't have an explanation for it yeah. yeah i think for us the reason why i personally didn't feel like it was a void of affection my mother yes it was kind of long distance but i knew she cared you know she would make sure she shows us and also we're surrounded by other family members because they're all back home so you have aunts cousins um and our family especially from our mom's side are pretty close mm -hmm. so i lived most of the time with my cousins <laughs> 
at my aunt's place you know so oh, okay i always had that mother figure yeah. or like if i do a mistake my aunt would feel like my mom because i know they're similar anyway. yeah yeah and they're looking yeah. after and they look like mm, girl you know so yeah yeah but I understand. Is, do you think it's all dads or there's some actually fathers that are pretty strict as mothers? Do you think it's a masculine thing? Well, I mean, the society in general is in control of men, so... Patriarchy. <laughs> Patriarchy and, like, at a hype. Uh, but I think there are fathers who care enough and uh, fathers and who... It. Yeah, and... There is... Uh, there is certainly care. Mm-hmm. But how much you care and how vocal you're about that. Uh, that's how that present makes, you yeah. are. Yeah. That makes a huge difference in, in uh, raising a child. Especially a girl. A girl, yeah. yeah. And that has a huge effect on, in your later years of life, like you just mentioned. Uh, yeah. How is that coming? <laughs> we're, we're actually talking about it. Um, we had the conversation before the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know, a pre-conversation. A pre-conversation. <laughs> How is the parenthood affected. affected and reflected in your later years now yeah. that you're being an adult and and potentially want to be a parent in the new near future? Yeah, I feel like when you're a teenager or you don't really focus on that, you don't see any. I personally wasn't feeling the effect of not having my mother around, of being raised by my dad in my teenage years until now. So when you get older, and especially if you're, if you're looking for a partner, um, there are things that now you consider important, you know? So for me right now, it's very important to have a present, a present parent. If I ever have a child, it's like a number one on my priority list. You have to be present. And I think that's why I'm working so hard because I feel like I need, by the time I'm there, I need to be having, I don't want finances to be a burden because I know most of the time finances are a reason why dads are not present because they are working for their family and most of the time we know mothers stay at home. So that's why I want to bring in something. Um, I'm working so hard. I've been working so hard and hopefully, God willingly, by the time that happens, I'll be at a place where I hope I'll be. And the man that's gonna come in will also be at a place because it doesn't matter how much money we have if my my kids cannot feel your presence there is a void in that family setting i want the type of partner that's gonna attend the games for our child i want the type of partner that's gonna have we're gonna have family time together you know what i mean and before i can find that physically emotionally present physically emotionally especially emotionally emotionally present because these are things that affect the child in the future because mm-hmm. i don't know about you guys but like in my culture it's a thing where you see women mm-hmm. tolerating any sort of bullshit from a man for the sake of the child you know so it becomes like the child are like they're like cuffs <laughs> oh, okay. it doesn't elaborate. matter how miserable the can woman you elaborate is. on that like give an example maybe let's see okay Example. So let's say you're a woman, you're married to a... We've been talking about absent fathers. You're married to a man that's absent. And let's say they're even abusing you in a way. But you are conditioned to stay in that marriage because you have kids with that man. But what uh, the reason I'm bringing this is because you don't realize that 
you are causing that child a certain childhood trauma and you're changing the perspective of the of how they're gonna view relationships later or how they're gonna form attachment styles in the future so it's important for me to um to have a good partner if not i'm not just going that road <laughs> <laughs> yeah and why we are highway but <laughs> Okay, and following on that, it all comes down to an individual, but again, in, in generic perspective, that's a lot to ask. Is it? Not me. I'm not <laughs> saying that. <laughs> no, I want to I wanna understand the, why, what's, what's, what's too much to ask. To be there, to earn for the family, to give the physical, emotional, and social presence that you demand, and be there for the kids and earn and go full-time work and right. again hang out with, so where is my life as a man as a man or as a woman as a man the man would be like i need to have control over my family right because that's that's their perspective of how you make what do you family. call control of a family decision making like every decision making but yeah you, you are still the decision maker so this is what i believe in um i don't know how we got to this subject but <laughs> i believe there should be and this is probably an archaic mentality i believe there should be roles assigned in a marriage right there um, should be or shouldn't they should they oh, okay. should for me i think about it as a partnership but because we live in the western world it's very different from back home like i don't know about you guys but like back home you have a lot of help you have family members some of us even had like housemaids and so you have a lot of help yeah, especially when you have kids kid. yes so here you don't have that which means the roles falls with you and your partner right so um so what i was saying it's an archaic mentality i think the roles of let's say the household chores should be assigned if I am a woman and let's say I love cooking and cleaning, I will know this is within me and it's my role to do this. And then let's say my partner is good at plumbing, fixing, I don't know, fixtures, lights, whatever, then they will know that's their role. So that gives us a balance of roles because I know it's easy to be like, okay, we're going to help each other. But like, if I don't have the accountability and responsibility of doing certain things, it's just going to be chaos. Because as you said, we're busy. We're very, very busy. And for me, again, I like, I like to see a man that can, that, that's a decision maker or a problem solver. I'm not saying it's a must because I can also help in that decision making. But one of us, again, it comes back to that balance of roles should be like okay this is what we're doing and i'm talking in terms of signing papers i don't know assets or i don't know a mortgage these big bills that's what i think i don't know if it's, it's ideal <laughs> but that's what i think that's what i think a woman you can always help but i don't think i find joy in doing that kind of thing mm -hmm. if you put mortgage and all of that on my head i'm gonna be stressed because it's not a thing i mean i don't enjoy paperwork yeah so that's why I feel like whoever is good at this role should take it and whoever enjoys another. There's like couples where a woman doesn't like to cook and a man is a chef and can do it in 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So in that specific category, then 
those roles will be assigned that way so it's about what you enjoy doing no uh, i'm not saying that that's my personal opinion <laughs> just what's to your personal <laughs> opinion i want to know we're talking yeah i feel like that's there certainly has to be a balance in a relationship of course if nobody what there's a case that both like cooking and or there could be a case where both don't like cooking yeah. right and what what do you do at those times because the relationship cracks in those differences yeah yeah so for me it's when we are like obviously a relationship works only when the roles assigned and the things that are need to be done will get done a person will help the other person not just out of love but also out of pure responsibility taking yes. taking that um, ownership of of doing a job the least thing is taking responsibility for Which, yeah for for the for the sake of both of them not for, for mine for the sake of the couple i wouldn't go into a relationship and expect the other person to do everything because that's yeah, a lot to ask yeah. and uh, and i hope the other person would do the same for me because personally i don't like cooking <laughs> yeah that's a personal opinion yeah and, so, and he can't cook for me all the time but i will also help him prepare the ingredients or do the dishes or do the aftermath so, yeah it yeah. comes back to to in, to an individual level mm-hmm. right there are women that enjoy cooking right yeah. and if you enjoy it and you can do it quicker mm-hmm. then i'm not gonna tell a man to cook for me when i know he's gonna take a whole hour exactly it's gonna be cute if you cook because it's an act of love but i don't want you to do it every time because you're taking so much time and i know you're not it's not it's not your thing you know yeah. what i mean yeah so it comes back to an individual level when it gets to household chores and mm-hmm. i think that's different from how we're raised because we were raised to be you're a woman you gotta know how to take care of a home <laughs> you're a second class citizen yes <laughs> it's changing no, okay house chores okay i get it mm-hmm. but okay i was just coming building up on that but i also like to take control of money and finances mm-hmm. i also like to make sure that wherever our money or my money is going is worth our relationship and our future mm-hmm. together and that's where i think a lot of women fall back on on men and just say you take care of it like for you like it's that's how it doesn't work for you fine it doesn't i know how to make money that is a fact i can't even deny i know how to make money managing money not my forte it's really not and even when i do i don't think i'm like enjoying doing it you know i'm not an avid spender but i also don't like to count i really don't sometimes i would earn little commissions here and there don't ask me how much it is i just know i have money in my account that's enough for me mm-hmm. but i don't want it on a family level because finances are a big thing that affects a family there will be kids involved there will be other expenses that's gonna add up to what i have now so i would prefer a man that's financially literate and mm-hmm. that can manage that you yeah. know but we're gonna work together to make that money exactly yes. it all comes down to whether you have a choice to come forward or sit in the back seat exactly. so for me at like at least there has to be a choice but mm-hmm. from the societies where we come from we don't even we're not even we don't given have a that choice, choice. You're yes just like, you're right just sit back and just obey whatever be your wife submit <laughs> to your man yeah and that's how you're going to salvation <laughs> that that's how you the marriage is going to be successful don't come you know mm. a lot has changed yeah at least with 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 our generation and i I'm not sure if it's confusing or if it's good because sometimes now you're like in the middle of what do I believe in and what do I know. 
you know, or depending on how you've seen things growing up. I have started questioning a lot about that too. See? Lately, it's just, maybe it's the pandemic that <laughs> yes. kind of <laughs> shifted a little bit of inner workings that need to be done, but... Uh, Where do you think you stand? Where do you think you stand now in... I'm not super liberal. I wouldn't, yeah, go <laughs> out and say, hey, this is my right and go protest. And yeah, no, and that doesn't come out of my heart. Mm-hmm. But I also know I'm a feminist and I, I know where I stand in terms of, especially in terms of money, family and uh, your values. Um, Talk a little bit more about, about feminism. Feminism is just, just give me a choice to make a decision in my life. As a woman. As a woman. Mm. It doesn't, you may not agree to it. And sometimes I don't with you, but at the same time, <laughs> like, let's have, an, yeah, let's have a point of discussion, right? And it that is. whatever makes more sense, we'll just go with that. And this is, I'm talking about in a relationship or in a family oh, yeah. uh, thing. And... Uh, yeah, where were we? <laughs> no, we're just talking because feminism is uh, is one one aspect that at least a lot of men that I know have been complaining about, and I'm not sure it's because of that lack of control mm-hmm. or it's because feminists are doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a spectrum of feminism. There's a spectrum, exactly. It's you're right. coming from and all everybody the way, do yeah. it differently. Yeah, as you said. yeah. We've got, uh, we've got extremist, extremist. it's everywhere. Religion, like whatever, right? It's it's. There's extremist and there's like really left people who are just like, oh, I don't care. Where like do you stand? Do you are you an extremist on that, or yeah. are you on? I just need women to have rights. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, and women need to be treated equally, equally. and fairly, yes. and be treated as a first-class citizen, where you have the total right to do what with your body, with your finances, yes. and what you yes. where you want to lead your life. But at the same time, we're all human beings. We need companionship, and oh, yes. uh, especially in partnerships, if um, feminism is something that that is a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Like if my man doesn't understand where I'm coming from, uh, it's very important for me to at least have a point of discussion where figure out the details of where the differences are and we have, okay, like, where do we stand and where do I stand and is there a point of negotiation? Yes, uh, if we important. If we agree, yeah, fine, let's move ahead. If not, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I stand on terms of feminism and um, it's going to affect, especially from the societies where I come Perfect. from, there is a lot of frowning on from the, from the community, from family members, from friends that sort of have to stick by the man for mm-hmm. life for life yeah. that's an expectation and i'm not saying that's wrong i'm i am up for it i yeah. am i am for it hopefully you get that <laughs> hopefully. we aim for that yeah uh-huh. yeah but when when and if there comes a time where things are rocky and um i, I have to out. find myself i will stick to myself you're right you're yeah. right because yeah as you as you say we grew up in a culture where it's like a marriage is like 
cuff it doesn't matter how bad it is it doesn't matter how it goes you have to make sure it goes mm-hmm. right as and it falls on the head of the woman most of the time and most of the time when a marriage goes wrong they blame the woman and that's like, or she can't yeah. keep a home and that's not always the truth <laughs> you know the so. blame and the fame everything comes to a woman i know i know <laughs> i know but um i think we're being more aware now and a lot of our men are actually learning and trying to understand yeah others they stick to their core beliefs Mm -hmm. but i think me i'm learning to understand everyone from their 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 mentality Mm because our mindset is mostly mostly uh, shaped by our environment how we have seen things growing up so i'm i'm getting to as as i learn because i'm still learning right (laughs) as i learn i'm also trying to understand men yeah, it's hard to understand. Or <laughs> oh, they say the opposite. <laughs>